Hey, it's Kathy with Rocky Retirement. And as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rock Your Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. Together, we will delve into what retired happiness really looks like and how anyone can achieve it. Here is your host, Henry Shapiro. Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy, things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want, and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice, and I chip in with some of my own experiences. Welcome everybody to episode number 22 of Retired Excited and it's Henry here giving you inspiration for an excellent retirement. Over the years I've been really really fortunate to make the acquaintance of a great number of extraordinary women. You've heard the stories of some of the women in the in the episodes that I've recorded to date and today is another one of these remarkable ladies. Her name's Margaret Cook and you could call Margaret a serial entrepreneur. She's invested really in the best thing you possibly can, and that is knowledge. She's trained herself in a number of different aspects and then used that training to develop businesses or, or at least to develop enterprises to provide for herself and for her family to some extent. Now, the things she's trained herself in are not just random. She didn't think to herself, mm, what can I make money at? She trained herself and got educated in things that she was really passionately interested about, things that she loved. And as we go along and you listen to her story, you're going to come to understand what I'm talking about. Margaret recently retired from paid employment. She's done a number of things for herself and then she's worked for other people as well along the way. And more, most recently, she was working at a nursing home. She retired from that nursing home to take up another business. And if you asked her, she'd have to say what she's doing now is requiring more effort and taking up more time than probably she realized it was going to, but she's loving it and she's working hard at it and it's probably more than a full-time job, but she is working for herself and loves doing it. And you think, oh, why would I possibly do that? She's got a, an ace up her sleeve and the ace is she has a plan. She's got a plan for the future as to how all this is going to go, if it works, what she's going to do, and if it's not working, what she's going to do. Margaret has opened a cafe in a small town and it is quite a small town there's a few other enterprises there that are selling food and so she's not without competition but she's opened a cafe with a different emphasis which provides for a different clientele to the other people in the town and it's going along all right she's only opened in the last few months and seems to be going well she's getting clientele she's getting replete clientele coming through and she's having to add to her repertoire of what she's selling there. 
So it all, it all looks good for the future. I'm going to let Margaret tell the story. She's not quite certain whether she's retired or not. But anyhow, let's hear Margaret tell the story. Here we go. Margaret, as you know, retired excited is about what people do when they're retired. Mm-hmm. Now, you've retired more than once, haven't you? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm tired more than once. <laughs> but no, I haven't actually retired. I'm preparing for retirement. So I'm putting things in well, place. you have retired from full-time paid employment for other people. Yes, that's true. And what were you doing? What were you doing before? Well, I did aged care. So I worked at Sunnyside in at Camperdown mm-hmm. and then I went to Skipton. So um, I spent probably four years doing aged care, roughly. Now, listeners, I, I've known Margaret for a while and I would call you a serial entrepreneur because you've done lots of things since I've known you. Tell us about some of the things you've done in the past. Well, when the children were young, I used to do um, furniture restoration, which involved French polishing and upholstering. Um, That was a good thing to do at home because the children were young, so I was able to do that. How did you know how to do it? Did you take classes? or? Well, yes, I um, learnt a lot out of books and... I did go and do a French polishing class at one stage, and then it was more about the practice. So, yes, I... So you taught yourself how to renovate furniture? Yes. And what did you do with all the furniture? I sold it. Oh, okay. Yes. I have a little shop in town, which we bought in 85. So the local ladies, the art and craft type people, mm-hmm. they worked in my shop. They all took turns manning it. So they sold my pieces for me. Okay. So that's one thing you did. You renovated, is that the right word, renovated furniture? Yes. And then after that, I decided I'd become more professional and I did my hairdressing course. So I went off. Uh, There was two children still at high school. I uh, went to Geelong, stayed with my sister and spent... A year, 12 months, and then I was um, totally employable or, as I did, I took on my own salon. So where was your salon? This is the little shop where I sold the furniture, yes. So there was a room within a room and that was my hairdressing salon, the little room. And are you still doing that? I still do the odd clients, some of my old clients, I have a little corner out the back of the shop now for that, amongst all the other things. Right. And what did you do after the hairdressing or the ongoing story of the hairdressing? Oh, yes. Well, um, after achieving that, um, I then decided to do massage, which was a two-year course. I did remedial massage. um, So I uh, had a provider number. Um, which was all very professional. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, off I trotted for another two years back to Geelong, staying with my sister, finally. No, I didn't stop there all week. It was twice down uh, a week, yes. Sometimes I might stay the night. What Can I ask, why did you do these things? Oh, because I'm the type of person that gets bored very easily. I like a challenge 
Yes, I like to make the most of my life so that when I'm old and sitting by the fire in the rocking chair, I can look back and know that I've achieved lots of things. Yeah, and you have, haven't you? Mm. you? You're living here on the farm with your husband, Trevor. Yes. Tell, tell the listeners a bit about the farm. Well, the farm. Well, a little bit about Trevor as well, because between the two of you, you've got, <laughs> you've got a bit of an interesting background. Well, what did he do when you were married? We were very young when we got married. I was 19 and he hadn't even turned 21. Um, he was in the army at the time and I was actually nursing. That was my first job when I left school. So he was able to get out of the army six months earlier because of the Prime Minister, Golf Whitlam. He abolished the National, National Service. service. Mm. That's right. So then um, Trevor decided he would be an accountant. We went down to Geelong for 12 months and by then he decided it wasn't really for him, so that was that. Um, and then I uh, fell pregnant with my first child and we decided we were off around Australia. And, yes, we travelled around Australia and Trevor went shearing for several years. We lived in a caravan, so... By the time my third child arrived, I said, well, I think enough's enough. We need to settle. So that's when we bought the farm. When you say you travelled around Australia, you had a pretty big van, didn't you? Yeah, 24 foot. 24 Franklin. foot. A Franklin caravan. <laughs> 24 foot. So there's Trevor and there's you and there's three kids. Yes. Up around Queensland and all yeah. out back. Yes, we went um, over the Nullarbor and up to Port Hedland and down to Marble Bar and, yes, we went all the... Following the sheep. Yes, yes, so Trevor Shaw and um, And I lived in the van. And you lived in the van with the kids. Then you've come back down to the Western Western District in Victoria. Yes. And what's happening now? Well, we bought the farm and we're still on the farm. Um, when we first came here, I did quite a lot of the feeding of sheep and yeah, looking after the animals while Trevor went out shearing because uh, we were quite poor at that stage. All the money went into getting the deposit on the land. Uh, so then... Um, it was hard work there for a few years, particularly when uh, the second year turned out to be a drought. So, um, yes, it wasn't easy. Now, Once you get to the top of the hill, it's easy when you're sliding down, which <laughs> yes. is where we are now, yes. You're sliding down, yes. okay. Yes, yes. Uh, Trevor was very committed to the sheep, even when the floor price, colla- floor, even when the floor price collapsed. He stuck with the sheep? yes. And for those of you who uh, may be overseas or don't understand what happened, the price, the guaranteed price for wool absolutely collapsed. There was millions of bales of wool mm. in warehouses around the place and uh, it was very tough going for a long time. It certainly was, yes. So yeah. we uh, stuck with the wool and um, now the wool is 
really quite good, but come it was back. many, many years before it did come back. Yeah. But then we had um, cropping on the side as well and grass hay, which we um, still sell to dairy farmers. So. Yeah. Mm. So, listeners, you can see, you can imagine what the life has been like. It's been a tough life on the farm, and then Margaret has, when they settled down here on the farm, has decided she'd do various enterprises. That's it, yes. And the things that you've done required you to learn new skills. That's exactly right, yes. Tell us about learning new skills and what your attitude towards that is. Oh, well, I've always enjoyed something new, yes. It's challenging, just the way I am. I like to make the most of everything and I believe we can all go on learning right throughout life. Yes, yeah, that's a good philosophy to have, isn't it? Yes. All right, so now we're up to date. We're, we're here in, uh, where are we, at the end of June 2016? That's it. And you started a new enterprise. You finished full, you finished work at Sunnyside and another enterprise. Yes. And Tell the listeners about what you're doing. Well, I got thinking now, what am I going to do for retirement? So I've always had a passion for furniture, so I've still got my shop. So I'm able to sell my furniture through there. And then Trevor came up with the bright idea of having coffee as well. He's a bit of an ideas man, is Trevor. He certainly is. (laughs) So then, of course, people like to probably have a snack, a biscuit or a cake with their coffee. So, But then not all people want to do that. Then you have to have a sandwich. And then it got to the point of, well, maybe on a cold day a bowl of soup would be nice or a pie. So here we are, um, busy every night after work, cooking pies and um, soup um, and even catering for small functions now. Let me just get this straight, Margaret. You've got a shop, which I know that you've renovated the shop and it's all very gorgeous now. And it's got a whole lot of furniture in it. And where do you cook? Well, I've got a kitchen in the shop. You've built a kitchen in the shop? Yes, yes. Was that a drama to do that? Well, no, I actually employed someone to install the kitchen, which I found on eBay at a very reasonable price. Um, I'm a great one to um, look at eBay if I need something. Right. um, But what about, don't you need permits and all sorts of carrier? Oh, yes, Tell us about that. Well, we had to get in touch with um, all the authorities. That was a learning curve on its own. Um, So, yes, I finally floundered my way through all of that. And and, who, um, who, who gets involved in that? I know the council do. Yes. Oh, well, basically, yes. You need um, the health. Officer. Yes. It's mainly in my game, it's the health is the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, the building uh, permit to make sure everything's done correctly. So, yes, I had advice from them and... um, it just carried on from there, and whatever they asked for, I did. Didn't create any waves. <laughs> and it worked. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. All right, so now we've got a shop, mm-hmm. and it's renovated, and it's mm-hmm. very gorgeous, and it's got it's full of furniture. Yes. And there is a commercial kind of a kitchen 
in yes. one little part of it. That's correct. What is the idea of having a cafe in a furniture shop? What's that all about? Well, it didn't um, start out to be that way. It just evolved, <laughs> one might say. Um, and it's different. So you get the people browsing, looking for furniture, and then having the coffee. Well, a lot of people love a nice coffee, so you're attracting two types of people into the shop, as well as having a nice, cosy little meeting place for the local people. They often have meetings or farewells or a birthday or something like that and they come to my shop because I have the room, the seating's uh, available there for up to 22 people. So it's quite convenient for that. And once again, folks, uh, you will have gathered by now that we're in Lismore. I've spoken to you about Lismore on a number of these episodes. Tell the listeners a little bit about Lismore. Is it a major metropolis? Well, no. <laughs> Lismore, you just don't blink when you drive through. You might miss it. A tiny little town. We have a hotel, a supermarket, a pharmacy, and there's um, a service station, and there's also another service station with a cafe, and another cafe next door to me, and a little bakery over the road, um, so, yes, I've got a little bit of competition there. Let me just explain to folks a little bit. The cafe over the road is on a service road and is really not visible, and they've only got seating for maybe six or seven people, not very many. Outside, that Out, is. Outside. Yes. Freezing cold day, folks. Yes. We're in June. We're in the middle of winter. The cafe that you're calling just up, up from your shop is really a milk bar. Yes. In our terms. Yes. So it's where you can buy a few bits and bobs, and they've got, I think, one table in there. Yes, in the corner. The point I'm getting to is yours is really the only place in town which is nice and warm and cosy to have a meeting, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's uh, exactly right. Yeah. Yes, and it doesn't smell of deep fries, which most people comment when they walk into my shop how nice it smells, yes. And, folks, that's because the two mill bars in town – sell fish and chips and other fried foods. Yes, so that's right. It's a different ambience. Absolutely, let's say. yes. Yeah. Catering to a whole different crowd. A different clientele. Yes. yes. What are your plans for the future uh, as far as the shop goes? Well, I've given myself two years to get it up and running. My next step will be to probably advertise on the internet, Facebook and what have you. Yes, just put it on the map. Once winter's over and people are out and about once again, I hope to be able to employ someone else so that I'll have time to take a day off here or there whenever I need to. After two years, yes, it will hopefully be somewhere I can go and achieve things, but also hopefully it will pay for me to go out and enjoy other things other than work. I'm going to come back to that uh, to that thought, so hold that thought. There is a block of land which is beside the cafe. Yes. And Trevor's got plans. Have you got plans? Tell us. Oh, well, yes. yes. They're my plans, uh, really. Uh, yes, yes, of course. 
(laughs) (laughs) We're going to do a little outside eating area, stage two that is. Um, We've already made a start and put some cement down, Mm -hmm. um, which has got a little pattern in it so it looks like the old... Bluestone. Bluestone, Mm -hmm. that's right. Um, So, yes, I've got trees there to pop in to screen off from around the area. Um, So it's more private. Yes, we'll put up some archways and some grevilleas and goodness knows what in there, Um, climbers. Mm -hmm. So it's um, shady in summer and offers bit of privacy for people mm. to sit down and have a chat with their friends. It'd be good at night if you a nice warm summer's night. Oh, absolutely, if, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, the thought has crossed the mind of getting our licence for alcohol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'm sure that will attract quite a few people. That could people. attract a few. Yes. There's a hotel in Lismore which is uh, more or less over the road. Yes. Um, but you'd be looking for a different sort of crowd to the hotel crowd, I imagine. Well, yes, I think so. Marg, I know that you have got another interest amongst all those ones that we've talked about, and it's houses. Yes, yes. Perhaps say a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind, or have you got any stories about houses? Oh, no, just um, I love uh, the renovating of them. Um, I've done quite a few over the time. Um, I started here when we first moved into the farmhouse and asked Trevor to remove a wall in the kitchen to make it larger. He got sick of me nagging and just one day said, well, pull the bloody thing down yourself. So he went off to work that morning and he came home and the wall was gone. Was gone. <laughs> yes. So that was the start of my renovating. All right. <laughs> um, so, yes, I... Um, did the old farmhouse up, and um, it's quite livable. And um, it's gorgeous now. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> and then um, we're, we're recording this, folks. We're recording this in the lounge room. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then down the track, um, we bought a an investment property in Geelong. So many a time, I had to go down and redecorate. After bad tenants, that means painting and choosing carpets and drapes and all of that, so which I did myself, the painting. And then we bought a property with a little cottage on it. I'm actually in the throes of doing that at the moment. So you're renovating the cottage while you've got the shop going? Well, trying to. It's going very slowly, I might add, but (laughs) we're getting there. And um, then we had a little cottage moved onto the farm for Trevor's mum to come and live in. Mm -hmm. She was past living by herself. She's now 94. So that all had to be renovated and we had to build a little bit on for her. And then I helped my brother renovate his house for sale. How did that go? Well, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think he did. (laughs) But, uh, yes, we uh, did the bathroom and 
the painting and we got an increase in value of 35000 which Whoa. he was very pleased Amazing. with at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because it was only originally valued at a hundred thousand, which, mind you, is uh, quite cheap. But yes, it was a bit of a wreck at that stage. And then he ended up; he got a hundred and thirty-five thousand for it. We did everything on the cheap, um, buying things secondhand, like a new kitchen and uh, carpet and that type of thing. So that was uh, well worth the effort for him. Mm-hmm. Not to say I didn't enjoy it, I did. You'd have to see her face, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so that was painting inside and out once again. Yeah, so I'm always having to renovate something for some reason or another, mm. but I do enjoy the challenge, the choosing of the colours and just um, love the finished product at the end. There's another theme running through this, whether it's working with the furniture or massage, or painting, it's manual work. Well, there's a book, The Life You Were Born to Live by Dan Millman. And in my little section, it said that my life pass is to make good of bad. And I think that's what I do. And that's true, isn't it? Yes, You've, yes. Whether that's it be you're exactly repairing furniture right. or people's bodies or yes. whatever it might be. That's exactly make right. Make good of that. I love that. Yes. yes. Now, I said I would come back to... It was about having money for me to do what oh, I would that, like to do. That's right. You mentioned before that at the end of two years you hope to have developed the business enough that you can do what you want to do. That's exactly right. What do you want to do? I neglected to say earlier on that I uh, have had a lifelong interest in horses. So um, the children all rode and competed and um, I went on to breeding. So I've always loved my horses and I would I hear that you were a pretty good horsewoman once upon a time. Oh, well, yes, mm-hmm. I did a bit of uh, training and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I guess it's a disease you never quite <laughs> get over. I wouldn't mind, um, yes, getting a nice quiet hack and going off and doing a little bit of riding again. And then, um, what, yeah. What sort of riding are we talking about? Are we talking about... Oh, well, it could be just bush riding with okay. the club that does all of that, um, or else a bit of dressage, yes, yeah. in a competitive way. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's that side, um, and also probably a little bit of travel here and there wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. So, yes, there's lots and lots to see out there, so... Yes, I've never been dependent on money from the farm because it's never there. There's always a new tractor or a new uh, combine or a new truck, much more important than me enjoying myself. So um, that's why I've always worked, probably, to mm. earn a few dollars. What would you say to people who say, oh, I'm bored, I'm feeling bored? Well... I'd say there's plenty to do and um, if they have no idea how to get started, if they don't have a hobby or anything, 
You can just go and read to old people in the nursing homes or there's so many voluntary things to do. And there's so many courses. That's the great thing about living in today's world. Um, there's courses out there adult for everybody. There's no excuses anymore that, oh, I'm not educated to do that because um, you can be if you want to be. The things that you have done, I know that you've been renovating the furniture and that's a bit of a, a solo kind of a thing, but you've been in the nursing home, you've done the hairdressing, and the things that you've done have all involved contact with people. Yes, well, that's Is that something true. that, that uh, is important to you? Well, yes, I enjoy people. Um, yes, that's one of the things I love about the cafe, meeting new people, and you do meet some lovely people. So, yes, I definitely enjoy the company of people, but then I also enjoy the tranquility of the farm, getting away from all the rat race, living out here, not having to worry about the neighbours, looking over the fence or the odd fight or brawl or whatever, you don't have to yes. contend You don't with have those to get involved issues. in it, do you? No. no. So, Margie, you're interested in people, mm-hmm. and that's evident in some of the things you've done. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to wind up with a couple of questions. For people who are coming up to retirement or just retired, what would you say to them? Well, make the most of it. We only live once. That's one of my mottos. Um, so, yes, you've just got to go out and seize the day. And Make why? it count. I'm going to push you on that. Why? Why would we want to do that? Well, probably this stems back to me living in the caravan, out back, not seeing any people, unable to go anywhere, do anything except read books and I was so bored I was nearly senseless so ever since then now I've got the opportunity I can go out and enjoy myself in what I do I make the most of it because I know what it's like when you can't perfect place to to stop Mark thank you very much for spending the time with us it's been a wonderful (laughs) experience Listeners, Mark was a little bit nervous about this interview, (laughs) but I think you've given the retired, excited uh, listeners. It's hard to say, isn't it, retired, excited? (laughs) It is indeed. I wouldn't even attempt. (laughs) Given us something to think about, so thanks again. That's been a pleasure, Henry. Thank you. Well, you can see now why I said that Margaret is extraordinary. Just think of all the things that she's been doing. She taught herself how to renovate furniture. And she taught herself upholstery to go with that. And before that, she was working as a nurse. She bought a rundown shop in the town where she lives and stored her furniture there and sold some of the furniture there from there. She trained herself as a hairdresser and created a little hairdressing salon within that shop. And might I say, all the council specification. It wasn't just a chair in the corner. She trained herself then as a massage therapist. And these aren't five-minute exercises. Each one of these took a couple of years to accomplish. And as she says, she became a trained massage therapist uh, and accredited in that. Along the way, she's brought up three children. Now, just more recently, she has renovated the shop and she renovated the shop with the objective of opening a cafe. And that's what she's done now that she's, some of us would say, retired. I don't think it's a retirement, but she says she's retired and she's opened up a cafe in the shop 
and it's an adjunct, I suppose, to selling the furniture. Her intention was that she would bring people into the shop and they would be able to see her furniture, but it's grown to much, much more than that. She's got, as I said earlier, the regular clientele, and certainly when I went to interview her in the evening, she was she had closed up the shop and she was cooking the goods to sell the next day. It's a lot of work. Makes me tired, really, just to think about all the things that Margaret does. She, she really is an absolute bundle of energy. And as you heard, in between all that, she's been renovating houses. She renovated the home in which they lived. She worked on an investment property, painted her brother's small dwelling, which was nearby to where she lives. I've got to say, anyone who enjoys painting has got to be something wrong with them, but that's only my opinion. And why does she do all this? When I asked her that, she said she doesn't want to be bored. Well, she's certainly not bored. She's got a plan. She didn't just go into the cafe business willy-nilly. She has a plan. She knows what she wants to do. She wants to make this work within two years. And I said, well, what do you want to do at the end of two years? Maybe do some travel. Not absolutely certain, but in any case, settle down and not be as busy as she is now. Now think about it. Are these the sort of things that you could do? Would you have done any one of these things? Would you have spent two years training yourself as a massage therapist or getting yourself trained as a hairdresser? Do you like renovating? Tell me what you think. Leave me a comment in the box at the bottom of the page on the website, retiredexcited.com, or contact me directly, as always, henry at retiredexcited.com. Along the way, she mentions a book, a book that gave her inspiration, and the book is The Life You Were Born to Live, and the author is Dan Millman. If you go to the website, I'm going to put a, uh, a link to where you can find that book on Amazon. Um, so have a look at that. It might be something that would help you in the same way that it has helped Margaret. And she has taken inspiration from that book. And when I said to her, Margaret, why have you done all this? She said, to make the most of life. You can't do better than that, can you? To make the most of life. I love it. Leave me a comment. So if you're passing by Lismore, 100 kilometres west of Geelong on the Hamilton Highway, have a look into Margaret's store, Antiques and Cafe, and tell her that you heard about it here on the podcast. She'd be wrapped. That's all for today. Keep healthy, be happy, be well. See you next week. I want to give that a go for sure. Um, Ian Margaret was terrific. It was interesting. What a good idea. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. 
I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.